0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: This is the Nightcap on v the sports betting network.
2: It is our number three of the nightcap, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here as we are doing all things college basketball, NBA, NFL discussion. But we gotta get you guys up to speed with what's going on in college hoops. It's been a good day for me so far. So far we're 3-0, we're hoping to make it 4-0 with this under in the UNLV Nevada game. This is a show play for us. We played it right before we came onto the Mm -hmm. air. Under 144, we closed at under 144 in this game, but right now at halftime, 49 <laughs> points scored between the Rebs and the Wolfpack here. So-, so naturally, Femi, we have attacked
1: the second half over, Yes, which was 73 and a half, which is giving us a 21 point middle. Look, do I like the over based on what I've seen so far in the first half? No. But just on principle alone, a 21-point middle is, uh, as Larry David would
2: say, pretty, pretty good. I was looking at the box score during the break for this game here. So, Nevada, at home, they shot the ball. One of eight from three-point range, 12% for the field, 11 of 29. UNLV, it wasn't much better. From the field, nine of 30 from the field to shoot 30%. Five of 15, 33% from three-point range. So we're going to see if we can get a little positive regression yes. from these two teams. It's a rivalry game. We'll see. I know it's physical, defensive, but to to us, it's more mainly been sloppy. Yes. and now that they go back to the halftime get the orange slices get the pep top' we'll see if they can get back on the right it side. it looked like one
1: of like you know like a 12 year old wreck game that's what it looked like the <laughs> players were just running missing layups uh, hitting the rim on shots and uh it was it was an ugly first half
2: it was a very ugly mm-hmm. first half now we want it to be a much prettier second half but not too pretty okay we still want <laughs> we still want to cash those pre-flop bets just as much as this yeah. in-game second half bet over 73 and a half for the second half between UNLV and Nevada. But speaking of the Mountain West here, let's start with that Mountain West and talk about the conference tournament which will be here in Las Vegas over at Thomas and Mack. Yep. It's always fun when we have this Mountain West Conference tournament, but this year is going to be absolutely off the charts. I think this honestly could end up being the best conference tournament of championship week here. Right now the favorite to win the Mountain West Conference tournament at Circa, it is San Diego State, 3 to 1. Boise State's plus 340. We saw them get a big win over San Diego State earlier this evening. Colorado State They're plus 355. They play Wyoming tomorrow, who is plus 470. Then you have Utah State plus 635, I should say. UNLV is plus 750. Then you got a couple long shots in Fresno State and in Nevada. But the interesting note here, Aaron Oster, our producer, put in the rundown is that just a few days ago, the running rebels of UNLV, 20-1 to to win the Mountain West Tournament. And people are really interested in them as they are now just plus 750 hosting yeah. this tournament. But anything jump out to you in terms of the Mountain West Conference tourney?
1: Uh I mean either, I would Fresno State with the long shot bet could be interesting just because they have a potential top 10 draft pick in Orlando Robinson. Mm-hmm. And and this guy, I mean, I watched him firsthand when he, when they played here at UNLV dropped you know 21 and 12 like it was nothing. Uh, I think the other night he had, or even tonight I think he had 24 and, and a couple you know another double double whatever. Uh, he's a big man that could score and can take over a game. You know I know guards really rule in tournament play and stuff like that. But if you play a slower style, you feed the big man, you let him kind of dominate. They could steal some wins, possibly. The number is right to place for a long shot bet. This isn't a tournament where I'm going to say it's a a lock. It's a shoe in that a top seed is going to win this thing. I think it's wide open for anybody. And so to take a flyer on a team like Fresno State, uh, who beat Air Force 65-40 here uh, this evening, and uh, let me look at the box score here and see what Robinson had, uh, 26 points. He was uh, how many rebounds? Oh, only six rebounds, it's, but he scored 26 points. I mean, yeah. he, like he I can said, fill it up. Like I said, this guy is a potential top 10 draft pick. Uh, definitely a top 15 draft pick. And
2: why not o- over plus a, like 11 to one? Yeah. Seems kind of attractive. The thing to me about this tournament is that we're going to, for the first time in a while, I think we're probably going to get four mountain West teams in the field of 68 mm. come NCAA tournament time. So these are all really good teams. So I like your mindset of maybe going further down the board there. Um, I don't know if I'd go all the way down to Fresno State. I do agree with you that when you have a transcendent caliber player, yeah. at least on a relative sense, that that can kind of carry you to a conference title in a tournament setup here. But I mean, Wyoming has been a really good team in this yeah. tournament. They got good guard play, they got a really good big man. Uh, Colorado State has been a good team. They're going to, it could be a single digit seed come tournament time. So like, this is a legitimate team. I don't think I would be interested in San Diego State just because every year it's the same San Diego State team that's really good <laughs> defensively, but is building houses with all the bricks that they put up on offense there. But to me, Utah State maybe it's one of the it's got to be one of these mid-range teams. Colorado State, Wyoming, Utah State, maybe UNLV with the home court advantage and the the home crowd back in the Golden Rebels. What what absolutely what
1: love what you love about UNLV is they've been so good at home this year. Yep. And so the fact that they are playing in their own building and in their own locker room, like it does give you you something to kind of build off of knowing that they're so good at home. And I look at, when it comes to these tournaments, I look at how teams do on the road. Because you Mm -hmm. have to look at the successful teams on the road are going to be able to go into any hostile environment or a neutral site environment and be able to carry their play over to, to the success they had at home. You look at Wyoming. 8-3 Eight and three on the road. Boise State, eight and two on the road this season. So those are teams that could certainly make some noise.
2: And I think also incentive. UNLV is, they got to win this tournament to get into the NCAA. Yeah, right? of course. So it's like you have these teams at the top who are probably already in. Now, I'm sure they want to have a good showing, not have a one and done situation to where the committee starts to ask questions that they're not prepared to answer. But I think that UNLV, they are going to be so much into. This is our season versus yeah. some other teams where it's like, okay, we can still get an at-large bid. Hey, I'll bet it just so win. I can go. I mean, it's, it's going to be a fun <laughs> so one. Watch. I'm deciding between that and the Pac-12 tournament to go to. Uh, well, you got conference t- four
1: conference tournaments yeah. here in, in in town. So you got the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. You got the Pac-12. The
2: WAC. You got the WAC and the West Coast. WCC. The luckily, the WCC gets the, the, yeah, and the big west and the big so west five, yeah. so we have five yeah. conference tournaments here that's right cuz we have
1: actually a conference tournament at the the new arena in henderson
2: now the wcc ends tuesday before selection sunday so you can sneak that one in before <laughs> the mountain west and the pac 12 get underway trust me i've done it before as somebody who covered so we'll have, basketball
1: <laughs> we'll have thomas and mac we'll have t-mobile we'll have yep. the orleans mm-hmm. and the dollar loan center
2: it's going to be yeah. it's going to be a fun fun <laughs> weekend here in las vegas let's get to some of the more uh, the power 5 Conferences and the discussion I wanted to bring up is the Big 12 because I think the Big 12 has been arguably the best conference in all of college basketball. Kansas is the favorite at plus 180, they always play really well in yeah. this tournament. Baylor plus 205, they didn't win this tournament last year, but they did win the national title. Texas Tech plus 325, Texas plus 500, then yet TCU is a long shot at 20 to 1, as well as Iowa State, Kansas State, and Oklahoma. But Are you also looking to go down the board here in the Big 12, or do you think it's going to either be Kansas or Baylor?
1: No, it's probably going to be Kansas or Baylor. And for Texas Tech, like, you know, they're not playing this at home. so uh, Yeah, that's the the tricky thing about that. You'd love to bet them if they were at home. Uh, I think it's Kansas or Baylor, and I would bank Kansas to win this and secure a one seed.
2: Can I interest you in Texas at plus 500? Chris Beard, you could loves. He's a really good tournament coach. Yeah, and that is a really. I still think it's a really good Texas team. Now, offensively, they do some things that were. Like, I I don't think the Marcus Carr thing has really worked out for the Longhorns. It almost feels like he's a little hesitant because he's used to being the go to guy at all times. Where at Texas, there's some other good players that he has to distribute the ball to. But I'm banking on Chris Beard. And if you're going to give me Chris Beard at plus five hundred in the conference tourney my my uh, my my ears are uh, kind of moving a little bit they, there. they're wor- little interested.
1: there are worse bets you can make. Um, yeah. I don't hate it um, but again, I, again, I look at road records when it comes to these teams going into these tournaments here and Texas has only won three games on the road yeah. this year, you know much like Texas tech and and I don't like that. I don't like when teams don't have success on the road. I know it's tough to play in a lot of these environments it very it really is, but now you're talking about upping your game going to a neutral site to play against the top teams in the conference, in the conference tournament, you, you got to be able to travel. You got to be able to play on the road, not backed by your fans in the, in, in your hostile environment.
2: And, and last year, Baylor was already a number one seed when they walked into the conference tournament this year. And that it's an outside chance, but if they want to make a case, they would win a conference tournament like the Big 12. So they are fully incentivized as is Kansas, as they are one of the last number one seeds right now on that top line. In the Pac-12, we'll stay... We'll, head back here to vegas arizona's (laughs) minus 150 to win the conference of champions conference tournament ucla plus 214 over at circa usc plus 750 oregon plus 1450 washington state 16 to 1 Colorado 40-1. We saw a long shot Oregon State team win this tournament last year. Do you think a long shot can get it done once again here in Vegas?
1: Well, you know, you got to back UCLA in the Conference of Champions because they're going to be so focused here in this game. Lots of marijuana being distributed with legalization. That's solid, man. I'll give you credit. That is solid. I, I, I would go. I think UCLA's got a shot here. I really do. I'll back Bill I do think that the Bruins have a shot. Um, I just think that when it comes to maybe, you know, the players that they have a little Johnny Juzang action,
2: yep. uh, I, 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 I can see him winning this thing. I would put a flyer on UCLA. What about Washington state? The Cougars, they're the 43rd team on Ken Palm. So they're thought of <laughs> as, as a pretty decent team. Like the, the record suggests that they probably shouldn't be that high, but yeah. the metrics like them because they are the best defensive team in okay. the Pac 12 to where I think that Kyle Smith his nerd ball that they play out there on the Palouse mm. maybe they could make a run to where you can maybe hedge out in a semifinal situation or if they were to get a run to the finals you can maybe try to secure a profit but at 16 to 1 well, I'm intrigued by Washington State I'm not I think I'd rather I'd rather
1: just lay the juice with Arizona at that point instead of yeah. just throwing away money on a team that's not going to win the tournament. <laughs>
2: I can't get you, maybe by the end of the week. Maybe by the end of the week, I will get you with the Washington it's State It's Arizona
1: Cougars. or UCLA. It, come on.
2: It, oh, Washington State's <laughs> offense, that's the thing I've been yeah. tripped up on. Uh, Noah, Noah Williams hasn't been as good this year as he has been in the past. Uh, but the Cougars can defend. And if you can defend, you got a chance like we saw with Oregon State last year on the other side we turn our attention back to the association who's going to win the scoring title we'll discuss those odds here's the nightcap hey sarah i love that spring break vlog you posted on zigazoo omg you watched it yeah it was
1: edited so well i think you're so talented
0: Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life.
2: This is the Nightcap on vSEN,
1: the sports betting network.
2: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. We were just talking during the break about our second half overplay between UNLV and Nevada. And we might have gotten a little greedy. A little greedy. Might have gotten a little greedy. We pre-flopped. We we were both on under 144 as a show bet. And so far in the second half, we both took over 73 and a half and about two and a half-ish minutes in. And we got about five points on the board.
1: It's a, I mean, this. I, I, we need. We need 122. We're not even going to get 100 in this game. Yeah,
2: it's. A, you know what? Sometimes it's. A, it's better to just take your winnings and walk away from the yeah. table. We yeah. we went ahead and doubled down, and a
1: 21 point yeah. middle is unheard of. Yeah. I mean, that's that's.
2: Yeah, they suckered us in to give back our winnings, but yeah. you know what? Hey, hey, we can go to overtime. We could go to we could go to overtime. It's a hmm. close game, so we have that in our favor. Absolutely, we maybe the parade to free throws will get us, and maybe we can get into the double bonus with ten minutes left. That's kind of what we're hoping for here. Uh, we got another bucket. There we go. Um, but speaking of buckets in the NBA, you'll never see a total as low as one twenty-two in the association. <laughs> first maybe, half, yeah, maybe first yeah. half for <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets game. I mean, those totals are like two forty or so. But the scoring leader in the NBA, DK, has a market for you to bet into with the NBA scoring leader who will have the most points per game by the end of the regular season. Right now, the leader in this category is Joel Embiid with 29.6 points per game, Giannis Atetokounmpo at 29.4, you have both LeBron James and DeMar DeRozan at 29.1. But when you look at the odds, Giannis is the favorite at plus 190, Joel Embiid, Plus two hundred, LeBron plus two forty, then a clear drop off to Luca at ten to one, Demar Derozan twelve to one, Trey Young eighteen to one. But who do you think is well, going to be the one that is the scoring champion by year's end?
1: It makes sense for Giannis because he shoots; a, he's shooting at a much better field goal percentage than Joel Embiid. So the fact that he's just .2 points behind him on average. Uh he's got a better player efficiency rating and like I said he shoots almost 55% from the field where Yana, where uh, MB is just below 50%. So you would think that he has a better chance to score more points through the rest of this season, but I also kind of want to look at the remaining schedules to see who's playing against maybe some bad opponents, right, to mm-hmm. see if they can have some big-time scoring efforts. You know, John Morant's going to have a lot of games against some really bad teams. Does that mean games that he's taking nights off, or does that mean games where he's putting up 40 some points? You know, right now he's averaging 26.8. He's got a ways to go to get up there yeah. uh, on average, but uh, he's got the easiest schedule if you're looking at this group of players. Uh, but if I had to look at the guys at the top, I'd probably say, you know, it's it, it's Giannis more so than Embiid, and I wouldn't hate throwing something on DeMar DeRozan, to be honest with you, because uh, I'm on DeRozan to win the MVP and just – the the tear that he has been on the seven games prior to the all-star break, where he scored over 35 points on over 50% shooting, something that no one has done in NBA history. He continues. This tear has, you know, several more games scoring 35 points. That average is going to tick up quite a bit.
2: Yeah. To me, I would not look at the top two guys, whether it's Embiid or Giannis, just because Milwaukee has a good team. There's other good players around them. Now, Giannis, Giannis, He's always putting up these I mean the guy put up 50 points yeah. and it came about a week ago or so but Joel Embiid is about to be teamed up with James Harden. The James Harden you got to usage, imagine his scoring's yeah, going to go down. Yeah. It's going to go down. Harden's usage is quite a bit. The guy that I'm looking at there is it's not the juiciest of odds but it's LeBron James at plus 240 just because Anthony Davis is going to be out for at least the next 3 weeks minimum. And the Lakers are not safe right now. They are the current number nine seed yeah. in the Western Conference. They're going to need every single bit of LeBron's offensive output there to where he's going to get shots. He always controls the ball in terms of being the playmaker for that team. He's only .5 points behind the leader of Joel Embiid. LeBron's averaging 29.1 points per game. Just because of the sheer opportunities and the dire situation that the Lakers have found themselves yep. in, I think LeBron at plus 240 is an interesting look. Now it's not the best juicy odds, but I think that's a solid look there with just what he's going to have to do to get his team into the play-in tournament.
1: I would agree. I like that a lot. Um when you can you mentioned it right there, the fact that they're going to need him yep. to score 35 points a game down the stretch and you know that he does take games into his own hands yep. and especially with AD out LeBron right there you're right I mean that's to me It makes a lot of sense he's not oh, yeah. that far behind them it, just he, a couple of games
2: you and... wish it was like plus 350 or something yeah, 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 like that yeah sure, like, sure, like sure, sure 240 sure. is not the like the okay I'm gonna it's fire still plus two. money though but it's still plus money yeah and I think the opportunities because that's I think almost what you're looking at for a bet like this is who's gonna have the opportunities yes. and guys like Joel Embiid he's not gonna get those opportunities with James Harden entering the fold Giannis could but Giannis is also plus one ninety, uh-huh. and he also plays on a good team to where they're not in a dire situation to where he can at least. Middleton's a good scorer. Drew Holiday can have a nice game. There's other players. The Lakers without Anthony Davis, it's LeBron, <laughs> and like yeah, they're not. It gonna, has to they're not going to get scoring from anybody else. Yeah, no, like, not, not consistently.
1: The box score is going to look like LeBron James thirty-one. You know, mm-hmm. Melo nineteen. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's what the box score is going to look like, and then everybody else seven six four, two,
2: right? (laughs) That's what the box score is going to look like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. To to me, LeBron is the play for this market. Maybe DeRozan. I do like that handicap of DeRozan at 12 to one. I mean, he and LeBron are both at 29.1 points per game. The only kind of issue I'd have with DeRozan is that can he keep up this historic pace of the 35 points, 50% shooting and stuff like that from a guard perspective Mm -hmm. for a guy who takes a lot of mid-range jump shots, maybe he regresses just a tad. But I think that he's going to also have opportunities with the Chicago Bulls guys banged up as well. He's certainly a guy that they're going to rely on to continue to be among the top teams in the Eastern Conference.
1: I mean, right now, I mean, with with uh, all the injuries that they've been dealing with, he is the only reason why they're winning basketball games. So yeah. they're relying on him so much. Now, when everybody starts to come back, it could be a different story, and he mm-hmm. could see that scoring drop.
2: Yeah, that's that to me. That's that's how you handicap that market there. And it's it's. I know one of the big guys is probably going to be the leader. But it's – I just don't think I can yeah. bet plus 190 or plus 200 at those it's, numbers. It's
1: probably going to be honest. I mean, you know he's got another 50 yeah. burger in him at some point.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he does. That guy's <laughs> he right now he's not being discussed. And I want to ask you that because – He's not really being discussed in the MVP conversation. I don't know if well, he's in the conversation every year. He's just in every year. He might enter in like the where LeBron was after the two MVPs yes. in Cleveland. You could vote for him like, every year. It's like, all right, we could vote for him, but these other guys are also playing really well because right now he's plus four hundred, and he's also a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Like he is one of the best players in the league, probably top two, him and Jokic, in terms of the best players in the league. But Embiid and Jokic are the ones who are getting the buzz Mm -hmm. for most valuable player. I think even DeMar DeRozan, your guy, is getting more buzz than Giannis, even though his team right now doesn't have as good of a record, but they could by the year's end.
1: Because I think it's just – it's the team that he plays on also. They're the defending champs, right? You know how – talented the squad is, and, and yes, if you take Giannis off of the team, it does make a huge difference, right? You take, he's the best player in the world, arguably. You take him off, it makes a huge difference, but there could be a little bit of that voter fatigue. I mean, it, it, the reason why I love the, the Jaron Jackson Jr. bet for Defensive Player of the Year is because Giannis, you can could, you could make the argument every single year that he's the Defensive Player of the Year. So why not give the award to somebody who's actually shining and having a statistically incredible season? Just ahead of Giannis. It's the same thing for the MVP. You can make the argument every single year, Giannis is the most valuable player. So unless he puts together like an all-time historically good season, you're going to give it to somebody else who's putting up the same type of numbers, if not slightly better.
2: Yeah. Right now for defensive player of the year where Giannis is plus 425, the favorite is Rudy Gobert. Yeah, but plus he missed time. He's and Draymond time.
1: Green's the second favorite. And I don't even know if Draymond I, Green it, even plays again for the rest of the regular I, I, season. I don't see how, I don't know why he's plus 250. No, the, the only like, reason he's there is just so so they get people to bet on him because there's no re- <laughs> he's not winning the award. He's, if you are a voter and you vote Draymond Green defensive player of the year,
2: you should not be a voter anymore. How many games is he even, you should play? not be it's a writer like 40, anymore? 40 games? How many yeah. plays yeah. Does he play this year? You like, he can't. He's, he's not going to play enough games. You, so plus it, 250. You take is, him off the list. Plus 250 is insane to me. 7 to 1, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, I don't know how many people are talking about him.
1: But Statistically, he's having a, one of the all-time great historic seasons.
2: It's that's And that's yeah. where it is right there. Is yeah. that like this Memphis team, there's so much around them in terms of like mm-hmm. Jaws playing really well, likely the most improved player. Taylor Jenkins has his hat in the ring for coach of the year. They're one of the surprise teams of the league best against the spread team yeah. this NBA season at the all-star break point. To where that, would they also give Jaron Jackson Jr. award to kind of just cap off the yeah. Memphis run. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But I mean, I could see them going to go bear just because it's comfortable. But Jerry Jackson Jr., though, he definitely has a shot. Yeah, he has a better shot than them. Come on. We know that. <laughs> Plus 700. Maybe Mikhail Bridges, 20 to 1 right now for the Phoenix Suns. Their defense is always really, really good out there in Phoenix. And also now they have no more Chris Paul. If they play well defensively, still able to win games. Bridges, one of the better defenders in the league. So that does it for the scoring leaders market there. We both like LeBron James at plus 240 to lead that market. But on the other side, who's going to be the number one overall pick? Draft season is here, and we're going to talk about it. This is the Nightcap on v the sports betting network.
1: This is the Nightcap on v the sports betting network.
2: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. Vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is the nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. We're here sweating out some college basketball. We had a rocking chair winner in our hands with the under 144 against UNLV and Nevada. And then we decided to get greedy, play the second half over and it doesn't look like we're doing too great with the second half over right now. Uh, but Hey, you know what we, we, we have it on. On principle, we had to fire. <laughs> it, it, we, look, a 21-point
1: middle doesn't come around uh, very often, Does so not. we figured we'd take a chance on it,
2: and uh, not going to happen. Yeah, it's uh, looks, looking like a brick, as well as the shots that are being put up there in Reno. But we'll have our eyes on that game. As Yeah, you got a nice little layup there from the Wolfpack Pack. Um, but let's turn our attention to the NFL draft. Yesterday, Scott, we talked about the first player to mm-hmm. be drafted market. Evan Neal is the favorite over at DraftKings, plus 150, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. But the first quarterback to be selected is an interesting market because, unlike last year, where we had the five quarterbacks go in the first round, I mean, the first three picks of the draft were quarterbacks with Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. The quarterbacks, we might not even get one in the top 10. Very this possible. Year. But when you look at the first quarterback drafted market, right now, Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett is the favorite at plus 110. Malik Willis of Liberty is plus 150. Sam Howell plus 600. Ole Misses Matt Corral 10 to 1. Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati 13 to 1. Nevada's Carson Strong 50 to 1. And Bailey Zappi of Western Kentucky is the long shot at 100 to 1. But any of these markets stand out as right now, the market is telling you it looks like it's either going to be Pickett or Willis to go first.
1: And a lot of people are gushing over Willis and his performance at the Senior Bowl. Same thing with Kenny Pickett. Um, And obviously the size, the speed, the athleticism and the ability to do things that a modern quarterback in this NFL has to do. The ability to escape the pocket. The ability to run. I think both Pickett and Willis have the ability to use their legs. We saw Kenny Pickett with that fake slide that's now been outlawed. The (laughs) Kenny Pickett role if you will. Um, But I look at Honestly, Matt Corral, as somebody that teams could be very high on Mm -hmm. now, he's coming off the injury, obviously, which concerns you. You want to make sure he's healthy and all that stuff. But this is a guy that I think during the season was being talked about as a potential number one overall pick, as a potential first quarterback being taken. So going to have to see exactly how he progresses through this entire draft process at 10 to 1 could be worth a flyer like he would be the only one of those long shots that I would consider playing but I'm agreeing with everything that I've been seeing out there that it's going to be either Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis.
2: Matt Corral he intrigues me because he was not at the senior bowl because he's rehabbing from the injury Mm -hmm. there so the combine coming up in a week or so is his chance to really sit down with the NFL teams and if he blows them away and the medical stuff checks out with the knee injury and all that like It's not out of the realm of possibility that he is the first quarterback taken in this draft, just because we always see the draft process play. It's a long process. It's a marathon. And what we see right now, typically early on with the mock drafts or the big boards, it's typically whoever the author is of that mock draft. It's more so their opinion. Yeah, of course. Then it starts to change once they start to learn the opinions of what the teams actually think. That's why you get the risers and fallers in mock draft season when in all actuality, it's just we finally found out who teams like. Yeah. So, like, they actually could, it would not shock me if teams liked Matt Corral more than Kenny Pickett. We have the, the hands issue or whatever with <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Malik Willis, there's been questions about some of his accuracy. Mm-hmm. Also played at Liberty, not the best competition there. Matt Corral played in the SEC and was one of the best offensive players in that conference. Sure. And if he has a really good interview at the combine, I think 10 to 1 is it's crazier things have happened. Yeah,
1: no, like I said, he would be the one of those long, the only one of those long shots that I would bet on, like mm-hmm. more so than Sam Howell at eight to one and definitely above the other guys, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, Bailey Abby. Carson Strong, you know, he's a guy who, who got so much attention during the season because everyone knew, uh, everyone was talking about him as an NFL prospect. Yep. I'd be curious to see how he progresses through this draft process, how he does in the combine, and could he become, you know, like the the the, the Joe Flacco, the Josh Allen, the, the, hey, when we see his measurables, when we see, you know, the, yep. the, the, the strength and things like that, and the uh, cross field throws, whoa, all of a sudden, you know, you got some
2: scouts going, maybe we should think about this guy.
1: Yeah. So that's something that could be considered.
2: I mean, there's precedent for the Mountain West quarterbacks being good, as you mentioned, with Josh Allen here. But the guy that before the college football season was even kicking off back in August. Yeah. It was Sam Howell, of, of course, plus 600 mm-hmm. out of North Carolina. There was a comparisons to maybe like a Baker Mayfield as he went number one it's overall and all that stuff. Yeah, it's not a great comparison now looking at <laughs> as we go forward now, but people love Sam Howell's accuracy and all that thing. Now, we, they, North Carolina as a team didn't have yeah. a successful year this year. They were preseason top 10, ended up finishing unranked, but Sam Howell at plus 600, do you think there's anything there from him or has he kind of after the final year of his career after how that kind of played out it's cooled off in terms of him being the first guy taken
1: yeah I think it has cooled off I think people have soured on him a bit and maybe that's a good thing for him going into this process that people mm-hmm. have doubted him and so maybe he can prove people wrong and then it's it's much easier to open eyeballs when people are down on you whereas people are expecting you to show them something and then you perform like they expect you to it's like All right, good yeah you, you let me check that off the box but yeah. if they're if people aren't expecting good things from you, and then you outperform your expectations, then that certainly opens eyeballs. So he does have the ability to to jump up. Uh, it's just you gotta the, the Senior Bowl is important. A lot yeah. of these a lot of these GMs do a lot of their scouting at this. You know, I used to make fun of uh, of Dave Gettleman with the New York Giants <laughs> because for like three years in a row he drafted the MVP of the Senior Bowl. And I'm like, he just does all his scouting at the senior bowl. Like, whoever has the best game at the senior bowl is who he drafts. Like whether it's like Kyle Loletta or yep. like Daniel Jones. <laughs> like, like he drafts the MVP of the senior bowl every single year. Um and so it's you can't you can't throw away how much Malik Willis did impress people in, in
2: Mobile. Well, I want to talk to you about the top of the market there because I'm looking at the number one overall pick market, and Malik Willis is 35 to 1. Kenny Pickett is 60 to 1. However, when you look at the first quarterback selected, it's Pickett yeah. who's the favorite at plus 110. Now, do you think that's all the Matt Rule, Pickett kind of. Relationship from when Pickett was yes. a recruit in high school, yeah. or do you think there's something else that you think it's just that relationship? I think it's that. I
1: think that the information's starting to get out there, and these leaks are going to
2: happen as we get closer and closer to the draft and the
1: combine. The you know people are going to float out these stories and these connections, and that's going to manipulate the markets a bit. Uh, I do think that's the reason. I think it's interesting that when you look at those odds, that one player has longer odds to be the number one overall pick, but is predicted to be the hot high, for higher quarterback. Um, it's just I think that also you have to look at. Which team could leapfrog Detroit to get the number one pick from Jacksonville?
2: Carolina's in range.
1: So is Washington. You that's know, Washington, and, yeah. and so if you're thinking about a team that's possibly going to jump up and get that quarterback, could be Kenny Pickett going number one overall because it could be Carolina. yeah, Or it could be Malik Willis and somebody else decides to go up and get a quarterback. And I think two
2: trade market is going to be interesting too. With Willis, the one team that we've seen him be attached to is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Like that's like the secret well, that Kenny Pickett also attached to the Steelers it, as well. He is because yep. he played right there mm-hmm. at Pitt. But there was the reports that I mean, it's not even. It's like the not so secret that yeah. was going on in Mobile is that Mike Tomlin they sat down with Malik Willis's parents and they loved the kid. And all this stuff. like And the Steelers, from the past, they will tell you who they're picking. I mean, all draft season, everyone said Najee Harris is going to yeah, the Pittsburgh yeah, yeah, yeah. Steelers. And Najee Harris went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, there's certain organizations that I think that you should always keep in mind. The 49ers are not going to tell you. But the Steelers will tell you. <laughs> and also, too, with the, with the markets and how these things move. I mean, at one point last year, you could have gotten... Fields, Lance, or Mac Jones at massive plus prices to be the third overall pick. So you can almost build yourself a portfolio for the first quarterback to be selected. Maybe you like Malik Willis. Maybe you wait for the combine and maybe he drops a little bit. Or maybe he lights up the combine and you have to act now. So then pick it becomes a longer price. So you can get about a plus 200. I think just because you see somebody emerge as a favorite doesn't mean that it's over. Yeah, of course. And I would certainly look once
1: the markets become available for over, under, what pick number these quarterbacks are taking. You can take a look at some of the unders as well on a lot of these quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. The draft season and betting it is so fascinating because – The draft, also amongst the teams, is a game of information, Mm -hmm. and betting it is a game of information. You're trying to handicap what each front office is going to (laughs) do and also see who's lying, who's telling the truth. It makes it one of the more interesting markets. Love it. it. it, I absolutely love it. NFL draft, NBA draft, some of the more fun betting nights of the year. So we'll see how this one unfolds. But right now, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis seem like they are the two favorites to be the first quarterback selected. But like we mentioned, it's just February. Combine's about 10 days away, and away we go with the NFL draft. On the other side, we'll wrap up the show as we hope for more points out there in Reno, Nevada, between UNLV and Nevada. We got the second half over. We'll see how it comes through for us. This is the Nightcap final segment on the other side. This is the Nightcap on v the Sports Betting Network. Hit the court for your cut of the cash with the FX Snowfall Kingpin Challenge. Play free, play free in two fantasy hoops contests and battle for a share of $15,000 in total cash prizes while the fight for L.A. rages on during Season 5 of FX's Snowfall. Head to DraftKings.com Snowfall now to get in on the action. Snowfall returns February 23rd on FX. That's tomorrow, folks. Stream it on Hulu. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino Family of alongside Scott Seidenberg. We are sweating out that second half over between UNLV and Nevada. I'm sweating out some overtime you're, right you're now also on sweating, the ice. Yeah, you're sweating out on the ice. Why don't you let the folks know what you're sweating on the, well, the NHL? I got the Ducks
1: here, money line over the Sharks, and it's in overtime, and just an absolutely horrendous penalty call gave the Sharks a power play that there's 20 seconds left, and hopefully the Ducks can fight off this four-on-three and get even strengthier at the end of overtime. But it was, I mean, everyone reacting inside the arena here. What a ridiculous penalty <laughs> call it was. Uh and just hopefully holding on here and seeing if the Ducks can can
2: pull out a miracle. Yeah, that's a uh we'll hopefully get that home for you as we're rooting on also our second half over in Reno between UNLV and Nevada. But let's look ahead, Scott, at tomorrow's slate on the college basketball card. Today has been really good for us. Tomorrow, we start in the ACC, yeah. where the Duke Blue Devils are going to Charlottesville to take on Virginia. The Blue Devils are four-and-a-half-point favorites over at DraftKings. Total, 129-and-a-half. And, and this is setting up to be a classic revenge spot for the Dukies. We've
1: seen it countless times here over the past week or so with these revenge spots. Uh, we, like Texas Tech was a perfect example here yep. uh, this evening. Uh, I, I know it's not ideal to lay the four and a half on the road, but I I can't see Duke losing both games to Virginia this year. Like this is not a typical, you know, Tony Bennett, Virginia team. Like this is, this is, they're okay, but
2: I can't see Duke losing this game. Yeah. This is the bad part of the Bennett ball era. When you're not, not as talented and you still play slow. Yeah. Uh, They try to muck the games up. Duke lost that game in Cameron indoor stadium with a three by Virginia that went, Gave them the go-ahead lead with about one second left or so. Mm -hmm. Paulo Carroll misses the three-point attempt on the other end as they lost to the Virginia team. Probably their worst loss of the year. They'll see if they can try to avenge that loss on the other side tomorrow night out there in Charlottesville. In the Big East, gosh, this Providence team, I tell you what. Providence is hosting Xavier. And Providence, one-and-a-half point favorites at DraftKings. Total, 139-and-a-half and every single Providence game, Scott, feels like it comes down to the wire and somehow every <laughs> single time they find a way yeah. to win. Is this a skill or is this luck? Like, how do you, like, what there, do you the, make you know, of
1: this Friars team? You know, Daryl Morey has a great saying that it's like good teams, uh, great teams don't win close games. They avoid them, <laughs> right? And yeah. and it's not a mark of a great team that you keep winning all these close games. The real mark of a great team is that you're never playing in mm-hmm. these close games because you're winning by, by you have margin. Uh, part of me wants to take Xavier here with the points, if we're being honest. Um, Providence is the better team. Providence has a chance to really do something special this season, win the Big East, have a potential, at least a Sweet 16 run in the tournament, but a potential, re, you know, Elite Eight run here in the NCAA tournament. They're that talented of a team. Uh, this is a scary spot for them. You can't overlook a team like Xavier. You can't, uh, you know, consider any game easy in this conference mm-hmm. they're only laying 2 which to me is a little bit as Tim Murray would say stinky um <laughs> and so uh, I, I would be a little cautious if i was back in providence here
2: the metrics have hated this providence team all season long mm-hmm. despite their record and they only have about 3 losses on the on the schedule right now but they just do not like this providence team and that's why you get the words fraudulent as we're <laughs> Providence here, but they keep winning. And at some point, we have to respect teams that keep winning. But I don't know if I want to respect them enough in this spot here. It seems a little too tricky for me. In the Big 12, Texas is hosting TCU at DraftKings. The Longhorns laying eight and a half at home, total 127 and a half. And this TCU team is not very good. But Texas, they've had their struggles offensively as well. That's why you see a total. That low in the yeah. 120s. Uh would would you consider taking the under? Man, I took the under when they played Texas Tech and that, that came home for me, but I don't know if I want to sweat out another one out uh, there at the
1: Irwin Center. What do you think this is gonna be like a 60, 55 type game? Like I I don't know. Yeah. It's, that's, it's not a lot of points there.
2: Is it TCU? I mean they're they're coming off a game to where I mean they shot a little bit better against mm-hmm. West Virginia, but that Texas defense, you know, is going to try to smother them. Chris Beard always sure. one of the better defensive coaches in the country. I
1: don't hate laying the points with Texas, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, It's I, a lot. It's a lot, but like, and like, especially for a low-scoring game, and, it's a lot. And you brought up, you, we brought up that point last night with the game with yeah. Texas Tech and Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. they still they won the game by like twenty points. Yeah, so it's maybe they prevent them from even getting fifty
1: points. That well, that's going to be it. that's the mark. You have to you have to hit yourself, uh, set your goal uh, defensively. So that could be uh, it. Um, I think. The, the, the interesting game to me on the schedule is going to be Wisconsin Minnesota. Yeah. Wisconsin's only laying four and a half. Uh, you know, I, I think Wisconsin rolls in really? this game. Yeah, I do. You think it was, I, I looked at this and Wisconsin's I- got a mission here, and the mission is to win the Big Ten because everything is out in front of them. All they have to do mm-hmm. is win against Purdue and they win the Big Ten. Well, as long as they don't lose a game here in Minnesota, so yeah. I think that. If they, they know that. And so take care of business against Minnesota, beat Purdue,
2: and then you're the Big Ten regular season champs. It's all there in front of you. How are you not motivated? They control their own destiny for sure in this game. To me, the only reason why I'm a little worrisome about this Wisconsin team against Minnesota is just that – I mean, my initial lean in this game was to the Golden Gophers here. They can shoot the ball mm-hmm. really well. Now, they also – they, they, they seem to me a little finesse sometimes at times there. <laughs> but Wisconsin, they've had so many good efforts on the road. Eventually, it's going to trip up. And in a rivalry game like Wisconsin-Minnesota Minnesota is, I don't know if I would play the side. To me, I'm more so intrigued by the under in this game. here. Hmm. Wisconsin, they play the, oh, the slower tempo. And if they play well defensively, maybe prevent Minnesota from getting some of those three-pointers there. I, under 136, I mean, that to me is... A little appealing there. Uh, we'll see where this market opens up once again, like prior to kit, or to tip off, I yeah. should say. But I think that the under later on could be an interesting look here there in the Big Ten. The SEC game, though, that's really interesting, and we had Tom Casale on earlier talk about he this liked game. LSU, LSU, Kentucky, you know? and I think I'm with him with this it. LSU team. Kentucky's laying seven at DraftKings total. 142, and they're coming off a great win mm-hmm. over Alabama, where they shot the lights out. And typically, I like to fade teams that are coming off of really good mm. shooting performances. And LSU is now coming in to the Rupp Arena, where I think they might be able to keep this game close.
1: Uh, I don't. I. I if, you can't it can't get it, there. It could be a stay away, a stay away for me because mm-hmm. I, I, without thinking about it, I like Kentucky. Then hearing from our guest and seeing, you know, why LSU could actually make this one a game. This this, to me, actually does seem like it could be a close game. yeah. And so I, I, don't, I don't think I have any feel for it. I don't think I want to, like, I don't want to sweat it, you know? I don't want to have Kentucky up five late in the game and then hoping that I get the free throws to win by eight.
2: Yeah, to me, it just feels like the spot is not very good for Kentucky there. And they also play Arkansas, I believe, this weekend. So it's almost, I don't want to call it like a sandwich spot, but it almost kind of yeah. is like one of those, like, we come off the big win against Alabama. Then you have Arkansas on deck here could be looking past an LSU team that is really good defensively. They're not going to light up the scoreboard, but they're really one of the better teams defensively, and they could be able to keep this game close. Quack, quack, fammy. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Ducks came home for you? In the shootout. How about that? How about that? Now, can we get UNLV (laughs) and Nevada? We're at 110 points right now. Got a 147 left to go. I'm not sure if we're going to get there. (laughs) It was, you know,
1: it was 60 to 50 with, Almost three minutes left. So, we haven't had – it was like 2.40. So, we haven't had points in well and, over a minute. And, and Nevada can't get a rebound. It. This is not happening. They can't so. get
2: a rebound. The dream is over in that game. We need game. 12, 12 points in the final minute? Can we get it? Can <laughs> we get 12 points in the final minute? The dream uh. is over. We There was a window right there where we had a chance, please, to make that shot. All right, he makes it. We Nevada. need 10 points? Let's, let's go some, let's oh, no, we need 11. Tempo. We need
1: 11 points. Let's
2: get some tempo going, Wolfpack. Let's go. Let's, let's sweat this out. Let's get a little out. tempo. We need 11 points here in a minute. Is that a block? There we go. That's a put, block. Put him on the line for one and one. Okay. Now we need to make these right. free throws. Yes. But we like scoring points when the clock is stopped. Yes. That's what we do like here
1: with this Nevada L V game. Do you know what's gonna happen? <laughs> you know what's gonna happen here is that we're gonna have we're gonna be we're gonna need two points with no time on the clock and begging for the kid to shoot a meaningless half court three pointer or something like that. That's what's gonna
2: happen. And we're gonna come up just short. Can we just like tee up Steve Alford or something like that? <laughs> to get some, get some more free throws. All okay, right, made the free front end. Free throws are good. We made free the front throws end. Are good. We made the front end of the one and one, and we're we're gonna be sweating this after the show. This is just gonna be. But something I,
1: that... I feel like just on principle alone, a twenty-one point middle was just a no-brainer auto
2: fire, right? Made both free throws. Here we go. Now, just nine fou- points please away. Please foul. Nine points away. <laughs> just foul, please, so that we could. That's your well, You can't play it straight up. You got to foul. They're playing straight up. There's only a minute left. That that does it for the show. We got about 20 <laughs> seconds left. Uh, thank you to Jonathan Von V-CIN host, host of the Hardwood Handicappers. Thank you to Tom Casale, college basketball analyst over at NBC Sports Edge. And thank you to Eric Eager, host of the PFF Forecast over at Pro Football Focus. Coming up next, The Look Ahead with Greg Peterson here on v the sports betting network.